0: Hi everybody I'm Emma Houghton and you're listening to 30 teams in 30 days on the did you hear podcast part of the blue wire hustle podcast network we are eight days away from April 1st which is opening day of the 2021 major league baseball regular season I will spend each day in March previewing all 30 major league baseball teams in alphabetical order so today is March 24th and I continue on with the New York Yankees I talked about the Twins yesterday, who I argued were potentially the deepest team in baseball. I think I'm following it up today with the Yankees with potentially the second deep, second deepest team in baseball, potentially going after the Twins, competing with them for that deepest position. So the York Yankees, this will be fun to talk about in the AL East favored to win the American League to go up against the heavyweights in LA and San Diego in the postseason. So as usual, I'll go through my history of the team, a wrap-up of their offseason position battles, starting pitching and relief pitching bench prospects before I finish up with what I think is my philosophy on the team and their Pocota projections this upcoming year. So I'll start off by going through their five-year history, and it is a very decorated one, but one big thing is missing. So in 2020, the Yankees were 33-27. and They finished second in the NL East behind, uh, excuse me, the AL East behind the Tampa Bay Rays, who won the American League. In 2019, the Yankees had over 100 wins. They were 103-59, and finished first in the AL East. In 2018, they were 162. Uh, they got the wild card berth that year behind the Red Sox who had 108 wins and then in 2017 they also got a wild card berth they were they finished 91 and 71 on the season so all of this playoff success is pretty much ho hum for the Yankees at this point something that i think is important to note and also is potentially of concern. It wouldn't really be of concern for any other franchise besides one that is as decorated as New York's. The last time the Yankees won a World Series was 2009. They went an entire decade without a World Series championship, which fans are not happy with. It hasn't happened since the 1980s. The Yankees are used to winning. They have 27 World Series titles more than any other franchise in baseball. And this year, on paper, they are in a very favorable place to go out and do that and end their quote-unquote drought, which is pretty unbelievable when you think about how long the Mariners haven't been in the playoffs for. And Even yesterday, talking about how it's been 18 games since the Twins last won a playoff game. So let's get into a wrap-up of their offseason. It was a busy one. Technically, an addition, they re-signed D.J. LeMayhew. They have him locked down for pretty much the entirety of his career at this point. They also picked up Corey Kluber, who I have a lot of inter- interesting things to say about the aging pitcher. Talk about pitchers. Jamison Tyone came over from Pittsburgh. They also picked up reliever Darren O'Day, which I think will be an integral piece to their bullpen this season. Uh, the Speaking of bullpen, the Yankees also signed Justin Wilson. And they also signed two players to minor league deals, Jay Bruce and Derek Dietrich, both hitters that are fighting for their spot on the 40-man rotation. Departures, another pretty long list to go through, and it all pretty much centers around starting pitching. They lost Masahiro Tanaka, who went back to Japan, Jay hap and James Paxton. From the bullpen, they also lost Adam Adovino, who was traded to the Red Sox. It's the first time in years a historical trade between the bitter rivals, the Yankees and the Red Sox in the AL East. And they also no longer have Tommy Conley. He would have been out this season due to injury anyways, but he is over with the Dodgers. Despite all those departures, and despite those departures occurring in a starting rotation that already wasn't one of the best in the league, the Yankees in 2021, according to fan graphs, are projected to have... The best run-scoring offense in baseball and their starting pitching staff, or actually their entire pitching staff, is projected to lead the American League in runs saved. It is a risky rotation, and I have a lot to say about it. But if all of those guys, I'm not even sure if it's overperforming because they have such high expectations. If they perform how they have performed in the past when they were all healthy, this rotation could be a huge payoff. If it doesn't, then it was a huge gamble. So let's start with positions first. Something that I'm going to be mentioning a lot is the injury bug on this New York Yankees team. And I did think it was important to note that the Yankees hired Eric Cressy, who now holds the position of the team director of player health and performance. He started his week just job just he started his job just weeks before the twenty twenty season, of course, when everything was crazy. But in this season, you have more of a routine spring training, hopefully into as in as normal as possible regular season. Eric Cressy has had a very important task of trying to keep these players healthy. And he has worked a lot with Aaron Judge, who is seemingly fully on board with Cressy's plan. He's doing yoga now. Giancarlo Stan also has a lot of adjustments to make just so that he can be on the field more. So that is definitely something to watch. It was an important addition to them, I think, if one team needs to have a director of player health and performance into the Yankees. But every team can benefit from that because it puts the athletes in such a different mindset because their health is so important in this job. So let's start with positions. We start off with Gary Sanchez, of course, a controversial one early. I believe that Gary Sanchez will be the opening day starter, and I think it's pretty much 99% likely. Kyle Higashioka got a lot of time in 2020, but in 2021, the impetus is back on Gary Sanchez, and it is his job to lose, at least at the beginning of the season. So in 2020, the reason why this is even a question right now is because he hit 147 in 49 games he was benched at the end of the regular season he was splitting time with higgy who was cole's personal catcher and he was benched the majority of the postseason kyle Higashioka played more in the postseason than gary sanchez did behind the plate so in 2020 it's, there's seemingly a better relationship between Sanchez and his manager Aaron Boone and the general manager Brian Cashman and the entire organization. There's more transparency between the fans and what actually happened in that situation. There was a lot of... It, the organization seemed to keep it hush-hush what their relationship with Sanchez was look, looked like and what the decisions they were making about him looked like. Seems to be more transparent now. Sanchez is in a better spot both physically and mentally. And in 2021, he's really focusing on each minute part of his game. So in years past, he's been very good at blocking and he's been a very bad framer. Or vice versa, he's been very good at framing the ball, but he isn't good at blocking balls. So in 2021, he's focusing separately on framing, blocking, maintaining his relationships with the pitching staff, which is almost all new this year which is another task that Sanchez has to carry, along with trying to replicate the offensive production that he suddenly saw just completely evaporate in 2021. StatCast metrics rank him 52nd out of 62 qualifiers in framing. And only one catcher had more pass balls than Sanchez in 2020. So he certainly has a lot to work on. But I do think that power bounces back. And I think if... Sanchez can work on taking each part of his game and putting it into sharper focus. Hopefully everything can come together because still we're looking back to 2017 when Gary Sanchez was an absolute monster, even 2018. Those numbers, I I I believe that this will be an outlier season this past 2020 season for Gary Sanchez. Now I move to Luke Voigt. Vanishing offense is certainly not a problem for him. He led the majors with 22 home runs last season. He finished ninth in MVP voting. Knock on wood, he stayed relatively healthy in 2020 and he really, this was his coming out party this past shortened season, but he has put up solid offensive numbers. He finally just earned that starting spot at first base because his bat just became too much to overlook. Second base, DJ LeMahieu, I think he is one of the purest players In the game. In 2020, he had an absolutely ridiculous 421 on-base percentage. He's won the batting title both in 2016 with the Colorado Rockies and in 2020 with the New York Yankees. So Coors Field did nothing to inflate DJ's numbers. They were always there. I mean, this guy, he has an MVP coming. He finished fourth in 2019, third last year. He is one of the fewest hitters that see a shift. Go go back and listen to one of my old Did You Hear? podcast episodes where my co-host Pat and I talked about DJ LeMahieu's shift and how literally in the past five seasons, I believe, he has seen the shift two times. He hits it all over the field. He is an incredible baseball player, and he's also got the defense to show for it too. So he 100% earned that extension, and I truly think if the Yankees weren't able to bring him back, it might have taken them longer than expected, but it happened. If the Yankees hadn't been able to bring him back, their entire direction would have changed. Without D.J. LeMahieu, they are a seriously different team, especially because he levels out the otherwise total sluggers. Having D.J. LeMahieu at the top of a lineup really makes every other hitter below him better. One of those guys that will be below him, third baseman Gio Urshela. Talk about earning Playing time. In the past two seasons, Urshela has hit 306, 361, and slugged 512. That's his slash line. He has a 134 OPS. Plus. I don't think anybody expected him to come alive the way he did at this point in his career. After being in the shadows with a couple of organizations, he completely blossomed with the Yankees. And now, again, same with DJ LeMahieu, who didn't even start last year, or, excuse me, in 2019. Gio Arcella was not expected to play any serious time. And now you can barely even think about the Yankees without thinking about Gio at third. Shortstop, another guy that you can't think about the Yankees without thinking about Gleyber Torres. So, Torres, he's very young. He's only 24. I think amongst some of the other crazy electric names in baseball like Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto... Gleber Torres, his name gets kind of lost. He's 24 years old. He still has one of the highest ceilings in the sport. He showed it in 2018 and 2019 when he was an All-Star. And then in 2020, those offensive numbers just dropped off a cliff. His batting average dropped by 30 points. His slugging percentage was down over 160 points. OPS was down over 130. He didn't come into spring training in playing shape. So he was just months behind all of these other guys. He came into a bit better form down the stretch, but it was too little too late. This year, he seems to have an absolutely exceptional attitude. He wants to learn as much as he can from his infield partner, DJ LeMayhew, and that's an an amazing mentor to have, obviously. I think this is a huge year for Gleyber Torres, and again, that down 2020 was the outlier for him in his otherwise perennial all-star, potential MVP candidate career for the rest of the years that he plays. Now let's move to the outfield. I think there's one potential battle here and it'll be in left field. I say potential battle because the Yankees did agree to bring their 14-year veteran Brett Gardner back. However, I think that Clint Frazier has done more than enough to earn the opening day start in left. This guy, he had a 9.05 OPS in 2020. His defense improved, and that was really the thing that needed to come alive. He's now in positive numbers in terms of outs above average in that range. It had been in the negative in just the season before, so... Clint Frazier I mean he's been in the system forever he seems to be a trade candidate every single year but he, because of injuries in 2020 he was able to prove himself and he did way more than that to the point where he should and it seems like it's most likely right now that he will be the opening day starter in left field in center field Yankees fans should be excited that they're going to see a fully healthy Aaron Hicks to start this season he had UCL surgery in 2019 in 2020 when he came back he was an extremely productive hitter for the Yankees he had the highest walk rate in the American League a 379 on base percentage again he's only had a 466 plate appearances in the past two seasons because of those injuries he adds so much to this lineup because he will most likely slot into that three hole. He never hits the ball on the ground, so the Yankees rarely have to worry about a double play situation with him. His BABIP, which is ball, batting average on balls and play, is a 272. so that's just about league average. He hits the ball very hard. He's a switch hitter, so in a very righty-heavy lineup, he, he provides some immediate value. I think it's a big bounce-back year for Aaron Hicks, who it's been a while since we've seen full form of him. And he can do it on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Now to right field, the, the guy, Aaron Judge and injuries have been synonymous in the past few years. And I truly, truly hope for Aaron Judge that in this full 2021 season, he can stay healthy for as many games as possible. The, the crazy thing about Judge is that I don't think he is as young as people think. When he becomes a free agent in 2022, he will be on the wrong side of 30. He was the rookie in the year in 2017. Of course, everybody remembers him for leading the American League in in runs, walks, homers, pretty much every offensive power category. He just hasn't been on the field enough. We know how game-changing he can be along with Stan when they're in the lineup. But the fact of the matter is that the majority of the time, they're not. Eric Cressy has been working with Judge. I think he's going to have... I I think he treats his body differently now. And he gets a lot of flack from people because his body isn't the typical Major League Baseball player's body because he's just so unbelievably massive. But he needs to... It is imperative that Judge has at least... One fully healthy season, and you would think he needs two fully healthy seasons before he goes on the market in 2022, because then either the Yankees can feel confident re-signing him or he can enter the market knowing that health won't be something that prevents teams from signing him. We know how much of a game changer he can be, and I still think he is an absolute menace at the plate because of his eye, his plate discipline, his power, all of that very similar with John Carlos Stanton at DH he's played in just 199 regular season games since the Yankees traded for him before the 2018 season 2018 season was basically his full one in 19 he played 18 games and last year in 2020 he played 23 again in 2017 he hit 59 home runs unbelievable he just hasn't been healthy since so hopefully he can come back this year, not rush into things, find that power again, and really just revolutionize this lineup. Because, I mean, a lineup of LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, when hot, that is potentially the best lineup in baseball, along with the Dodgers. It'll be a really fun race to watch. So now let's get into that bench. I mentioned at the beginning that this is one of the deepest teams in baseball. I mentioned Brett Gardner, who they brought back on a one-year deal with an option for 2022. I think this was more of a, not PR, but they they had to to help their buddy, Brett Gardner, out. I mean, he was drafted by the Yankees. He's been there for 14 years. He's 37 years old. His numbers are always there. In 2020, he had, he had 223 with a 392 slug, five home runs. He might be more of a bench option this year just because Clint Frazier has developed so perfectly in the Yankees' eyes, but he's in the 95th percentile in walk rate. His whiff rate did jump a little bit, but I don't think that's going to be a persistent problem. And he is durable. When Hicks was down, when Judge was down, when Stan was down, in 2019, Brett Gardner saw time in 141 games. So, to have a guy on your bench that is that durable and versatile is very valuable. Behind him, the outfield spots are really going to come down to Mike Talkman, Brett Gardner, and Clint Frazier. And because of all the pitching questions they might have, Talkman's in an interesting spot because he's out of options, which means he has to be traded. Or designated for assignment, which is extremely unlikely if he doesn't make the forty, the twenty-six man roster. Excuse me. So the case for him is that he had a breakout year in twenty nineteen. He's very good defensively. He can hit very well too, underratedly so. And he's under team control through twenty twenty four. So you would think that having him through twenty twenty four. Is potentially more valuable than having a guy like Jay Bruce for one year. But you've seen the Yankees in the past take these one-year guys on and then they seemingly have a rebuilding year in, in the year that they get pulled up. So in Jay, Jay Bruce's case, that would be in 2021. I personally like the case for Tyler Wade. Excuse me, Mike Talkman, And then Tyler Wade is another guy who is extremely likely to to make the roster because the Yankees have very little infield depth. If DJ LeMahieu goes down, you would think that Gleyber Torres would shift over, vice versa. If Gleyber Torres goes down, Gio Oshella could potentially get time at short. But if one of those guys goes down, Tyler Wade is primed to go in there and slot in. Miguel Andujar, a huge question mark, he will probably start the season on the IL because of a hand injury, but man, the way his career has declined thus far. And then Mike Ford, who has seen time again because of injuries, he was optioned. So he'll start the year in the minors, but I do expect to see a decent amount of time of him because the Yankees, it's just inevitable that injuries are going to happen. So those are the positional battles. Let's move to starting pitching now, which I think is the even more compelling aspect of this Yankees roster. You have to start with Garrett Cole. He signed a record nine-year, $324 million deal back just a couple of years ago. 2020, he was still exceptional, but it wasn't the 2019 standard of Garrett Cole when he literally led baseball with 326 strikeouts. He is a huge favorite for A.L. Cy Young. I think it is absolutely attainable for him to go out and win that award year after year. Not this just, not just this next year. What's more important for the Yankees, they know they're going to get that production out of him, is that they give him more arms to... Give themselves more arms to come after Cole. Because last year it turned into... They're ace, Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and then a couple of other guys who just weren't primed to take this team deep into the postseason. And that's exactly what happened. So, some guys that they gambled on being able to take them deep into the postseason. The first is Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is 34 years old. He has only pitched 36 innings since 2018 because of injuries. He absolutely wowed everybody that came to his showcase this winter and that was why he had so many suitors. I've talked about it a lot on the regular weekly episodes of Did You Hear? Kluber and Tyon are low-risk, potentially high-reward options. They're low-risk because Kluber was only $11 and if he reverts back to his 2018 Kluber form, where he finished third in AL Cy Young voting, it'll be the best... Risk of all time. It'll be the best gamble and all these teams are going to be kicking themselves for not going out and signing Kluber. If he doesn't perform, if he's plagued by injury concerns again, Yankees fans are going to be absolutely besides themselves because it's another year where you're wasting Cole's prime or you're wasting a healthy year of Aaron Judge, if that's the case. So all eyes will be on Kluber and then Tyon just behind him to see if they can stay healthy. Because if they can, this solves an immediate weakness that the Yankees had last year in terms of high starting pitching behind Cole, a good 2 3 4 option. Masahiro, Tanaka, James Paxton, and Jay Happ were just weren't the guys that the Yankees needed. And Tyon, I mean, Tyon is an incredible story. He is a prime candidate for comeback of comeback player of the year in 2021. He survived testicular cancer. He's had Tommy John surgery twice. He was on the Pirates, who, as everybody knows, went through an absolutely insane rebuild. So the Yankees got fo- only sent four prospects over for him. And again, if Tyon is 2018 form before his Tommy John surgery, he had a 3-4-6 four, four, FIP that year. That is way above league average. He just hasn't pitched in a regular season game since May 2019. So it is... A complete wild card to see what version of him they're going to get and what version of Kluber they're able to get. And the third guy on that list, what version of Domingo Herman are the Yankees going to get? Different situation. Herman hasn't pissed since 2019 because he is returning from a suspension under the domestic violence policy. So whereas people are really excited to see the return of Kluber and Tyon. Even within the Yankees organization, there was a lot of, I won't go as far as to say bad blood, but there was a lot of apologizing and questions that Herman had to answer to make sure that the Yankees, him and the Yankees were on the same page. And a lot of players were outspoken about it, most notably Zach Britton. Domingo Horman needs to get on the same page as these players and prove that he's here for the right reasons, that he is apologetic for his actions, he served his suspension, and that's all I'll say about that in terms of his actual play on the field, what are we going to see from a pitcher who we haven't seen in over a year? Again, it was the shortened 2020 season anyway, but he missed 81 full games, and it carried over into 2021 if it had been a full 2020 season we would have seen him last year. But two, three, four options for the Yankees. If they reach their ceiling, it's an incredible offseason. If they don't, it's another year that's going to leave Yankees fans bummed out, to say the least, but just another year where the Yankees aren't hitting the expectations they have on paper. A guy they can be excited about, who I think has a huge year, Jordan Montgomery. He probably will slot in as the fifth starter. The only issue with him is that in 18 and 19 combined, he threw 31 innings, and in 20, he only threw 44. So I've mentioned it in every episode. The Yankees have to be careful that they won't put too much workload on Montgomery early because he's already had to deal with so many injuries. I think you can pretty much count on that being the top five. The opening, opening five, or the opening week rotation for the Yankees more so. Beyond them, they have some more options. Davy Garcia, who was the youngest pitcher to make a start in 2020, did very well. He pitched in the postseason well, too. He's been a high prospect forever. The Yankees are high on him. I don't even know in what range of starts Garcia will make. He could have 20. He could have six because he's going to work out of the bullpen and he's going to work in a starter role. I mean, in an opener role. And then, of course, you have to mention Luis Severino. So, If Luis Severino comes back late summer when he's expected to and is his old self, he slots into that two role and then you have Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, and then Kluber, Tyon, Herman, Montgomery. But again, you just can't count. You can't put money down on Severino returning to the form that he had a few seasons ago before he dealt with all these injuries. So personally, before I get... I'll, I'll talk about the bullpen, and then I'll talk about the philosophy. But just quickly, I think Kluber was definitely a guy that you take a risk on because he's been so good for so long. He had some serious injuries. One of them was fluky. He took a line drive off of his arm and broke it. And then another one was an oblique injury as he was rehabbing his broken arm. Tyon, I think, is a bit more of a wild card because it's Tommy John, because he survived cancer, which is a whole other thing. But man, if the Yankees if they perform well, the Yankees will be just heralded for their moves. But it's, it truly is a huge gamble if they can't make it deep into the postseason and win the World Series. It's becoming World Series or bust for this team. But quickly, I'll talk about the the bullpen. Aroldis Chapman, one of the best closers in the game, he is a lock. Zach Britton will miss the start of the season because of uh, elbow surgery to remove a bone chip. That is a huge blow for the Yankees, especially because they missed some of their bulk inning guys. They lost this past offseason in Tommy Conley, Adam Adovino even, who hasn't been excellent, but was still a bulk innings guy. I mean, Britton was the epitome of a bridge to a this Chapman, and now they won't have him for a few weeks, potentially to a month, that means younger guys like Chad Green, Michael King, Luis Sessa, Jonathan Loizaga, even Nick Nelson are going to have to step up in his absence. Because while these guys are young and while some of them are proven, Michael King had four starts in 2020, they're going to have to try and, it's really going to be on Aaron Boone, honestly, to just piece together innings once these starters are done. I don't think there's going to be a set order in any way. Depth isn't a luxury for them like it has been in the past. And especially with Britton on the IL, it's going to be down for some of these guys to outperform expectations and just get it to Chapman so that he can hold things down in the ninth. Prospects? Two on MLB's top 100 list. The first is outfielder Jason Dominguez. He comes in at number 32. And honestly, I worry a bit about Dominguez because nobody has had as high of expectations about a player since maybe Bryce Harper, maybe Mike Trout. He is already being compared to Mike Trout and I do not think that is helpful for a player. In fact, I think it is detrimental. He is uber talented. He has all the makings to be the next Mike Trout, but he hasn't even had a professional at bat yet. So let's pump the brakes on Dominguez a bet. Let's wait to see him develop in the Yankee system. And let's not give him these type of expectations that at this point are only going to hinder him instead of help him succeed. And then another guy, right-handed pitcher Clark Schmidt. You might see him in 2021, but he, he did sustain an injury in spring training, which could hold him back a bit. He comes in at number 88. He's kind of being seen right now as the saving grace if any of those starting pitchers fall or if the relief pen struggles. Clark Schmidt could go in and be the savior here. So hopefully those expectations aren't too high for him either. David Garcia also will be a rookie this upcoming season. So now I'll finish with Pakoda and my philosophy. Of course, the Yankees are favorites to win the AL East. I think that is easy. They are currently standing at 98.5 wins. And I have to give two answers here because it's not realistic to say one and not the other. If the Yankees are fully healthy, and I don't even mean if they perform to expectations. I just mean if they're healthy. If Aaron Judge plays over 130 games, same with Stanton, same with and Kluber and Tyon make let's say 20 to 25 starts. I think there is no way that the Yankees don't have at least 100 wins. I feel that confident saying that. If they aren't healthy then they're under and that's just because the starting pitching depth behind those guys isn't as strong. And while Tyler Wade and guys like Mike Ford and Mike Talkman have proved themselves in the past, even Brett Gardner, they cannot match the offensive numbers that Judge and Stanton can put up. And that's not even mentioning, heaven forbid, guys like Luke Voigt or Gio Urshela or DJ LeMahieu going down on the injured list. If the Yankees stay healthy positionally and in the pitching staff, They will have over 100 wins. Now, I say that and I think that can be the case even if Kluber isn't his 2018 self and even if Tyon isn't as much as people hope he can be. I still think Garrett Cole is good enough. I think Herman will be good. I think David Garcia can have another breakout year. And I think this bullpen when Britton comes back is good enough to get this team over a hundred wins. And it's crazy to even say, good enough to get a hundred wins because that is such an anom- anomaly to have over a hundred wins. But this offense is so fire powered that that's becoming their standard. And in the same way, if this team is healthy all season long and they don't make the World Series, it's another bust season. It will be viewed as a failure. And it's interesting saying that because maybe Aaron Judge only plays a hundred games but if he's healthy by September, that's fine. Same with any other guy that I've talked about before. So I think health, it's kind of a cop out, but I think it's true. Health is the biggest X factor for the Yankees. If health is on their side, if luck is on their side, because I think the two can go hand in hand, the Yankees are easily over 98 and a half wins if it's not. They're under, but it'll be exceptionally fun and interesting to watch how Kluber and Tyon look. This season, they've looked good in spring so far. Of course, you just have the ultimate steady hand, the guy who can go out and win a Cy Young every single year in Cole. He is my favorite to win AL Cy Young. I think this will be the first year that he finally gets that award, and he's going to have to throw the starting pitching rotation on his back if they can't compete up there with him. So the Yankees are definitely an interesting team to watch, a ton of expectations, a ton of pressure. I think if they're healthy, they can deal with all those and be the American League champions, not just the AL East champions. So that'll wrap up my overview, my season preview of the New York Yankees. Make sure to check out the link in this bio to see any other, see and listen to any other season previews I created before I push them over to the Did You Hear podcast feed. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in tomorrow for my New York Mets season preview.